Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, you can text him in right now, 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, and we will uh, try to get to some of your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. What's, what's the big story on your mind today? What's really catching your attention? Uh, I mean, you know, certainly yesterday, the fact that Philadelphia had a dozen guys, including a whole bunch of starters, going on the COVID list. Certainly, the you know the, the look back at the Antonio Brown situation and how bad that is. And I guess the biggest story to look at, particularly from last night, was seeing how bad and how horrible you saw Baker Mayfield. And now he is going to have surgery. He's not going to play the season finale. And you have to wonder, what is the future of Baker Mayfield and you have to think they're stuck with him because he's got over an $18 million guaranteed contract on that fifth-year option, and right now he's not that good. That was, that was both quarterbacks, John. That was that was a bad display of quarterbacking last night. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, Ben won. Ben Roethlisberger won his, won his game, and so that kept the uh, Steeler fans happy. I mean, he's closing out his career, and uh, now it's a matter he has one more game, and that's it. And that's it for what's been a Hall of Fame career for Ben Roethlisberger. But, yeah, again, I think we're you know, particularly seeing some bad games right now because of several different reasons. Well, with Baker Mayfield, I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. But, I mean, how much do you go, hey, look, maybe he should have gone and, you know, do you think they sort of botched that decision as far as his surgery goes there in Cleveland? Maybe, yeah, because, again, it's like you can see that he just wasn't the same. And, he, you know, he just wasn't throwing the ball well. Uh, I guess, you know, you want to try to give it as much of a chance as you can. I mean, he's gutsy enough to be able to uh, to go ahead and try to play through it, which, of course, I give him credit for. <clears throat> but in the end, I mean, it was a bad, bad showing. And now it makes you wonder, it's like, what is going to happen? I think he's untradeable because I don't know, you know if anybody wants to pick up his $18 million salary next year. And naturally, uh, you know, they'll have to figure out, do they bring in another quarterback or what do they do in Cleveland? Yeah, that, and somebody had already texted in a question about that. They, mm-hmm. They've already officially picked up that option, correct? That is correct, and you can't uh, back down from it. A couple years yeah. ago, I mean, you had the ability to pull out of it. Now you can't. It's fully guaranteed, and you're stuck with it. Yeah, somebody, that was a question uh, yeah. that somebody was asking here, if they could back out. But I'm, I'm sort of with Dave, and I give him credit for toughing it out because he's got multiple injuries. Mm-hmm. He's getting surgery immediately. So you're like, man, at least he, he was putting it out there for the team, trying to give him a chance to win. But I'm wondering just ultimately how good he is or if he's just going to be a marginal quarterback when he's completely healthy. I think he's – I mean, he's only he's only shown that he's a marginal quarterback. You know, because, again, I mean, the only way he had success last year was when he had the great running game going – you know, with Nick Chubb and Akeem Hunt, and he had uh, Jarvis Landry catching the passes, you know, all those. Kareem things. Hunt. Or Kareem Hunt, yeah. And so it's like, I mean, you throw all that together, and it's like, you know, that was uh, the success of the team, but it wasn't necessarily Baker Mayfield. I mean, he did a good job. I mean, he got better as the season went on, but he still wasn't great. All right, John, from the 360, uh, glad Pat's home and yes, doing better. That's good. So that, that was a nice well wish from the 360 there. Um, is the salary cap going up way more than in p- the past? And if so, how might we expect to see it affect teams? From well, again, it's, gone, it's, a, it's the highest increase 
in uh, salary cap history because it's going up uh, from 182.5 to 208. And so it's like now you're talking you know, $26 million of extra cap room that's going to be there for every team. And, you know, there's still four teams right now that are over the cap right now. Uh, but there's a lot of teams that are in good shape. You know, they got 40, 50, 60 million dollars. And that's going to r- keep prices going up for players just because, again, you know, you got such a rise in the way that the uh, salary structure is going to be. And, you know, it'll, it'll slow down. You know, back in uh, 2023, 2024. But, I mean, this is a huge increase. Uh, The 509 asking, after the Kirk Cousins debacle with COVID, is he finished in Minnesota along with Zimmer? Well, Zimmer's finished, I think. Uh, You can kind of anticipate that. I don't know if Cousins is finished. You know, they're in a position where it's a very attractive job. I think that, uh, I mean, if you go there, you do get Cousins, but you also have the ability, if you want, to trade him and get some value for him. I mean, even though their defense ranks 31st in the league in yards allowed, they do have talent that's there on defense. They have, you know, Justin Jefferson at wide receiver. They have Dalvin Cook at running back. So there's there's a lot of intriguing things. But, no, I think that uh, Cousins can come back. I just can't guarantee that he will. It sounds familiar. They got some talent on defense, and they're giving up tons of yards. Yeah, isn't that uh, wild? Yeah, but <laughs> that's weird. Well, we, we were talking about. First of all, I'll ask you about Waldron. What, what do you think about the job that he's done? Because you know, Bob and I were talking earlier yeah. that I kind of put that on Pete. I mean, look, he's a he's never been an offensive coordinator before, so you know, I guess there's going to be some growing pains. But what do you think about how he's handled it? And you know, I, I think it would be kind of weird if they fired him. Yeah, because, I agree. Yeah, so I think he's done a decent job because, again, look what he's had to go through. You know, he didn't have Chris Carson running back just about the entire season. Then, of course, you have you know the three games missed with the finger injury to Russell Wilson, the three games where he didn't play like Russell Wilson, and then you know still you know struggling to get back. But I think overall he's done a decent job under the circumstance. I mean, the offensive line hasn't had a great year, but it's gotten better in the second half of the season, and that's obviously they're going to have to do a lot of rebuilding on the O-line. But overall, I think he's done okay. Hey, one, one thing that, that happened over the weekend we didn't ask you yesterday. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sure you saw the video of the fans falling over the railing trying to get yes. get to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, there seemed to be dispute. The Washington football team saying, hey, we offered medical assistance to everybody, and blah, you know, we were making sure everybody's okay. And then a bunch of people that were in that pile said, nobody said anything to me other than get the hell out of here. And they were kicking them off the field. Yeah. It's it just... I don't know what's true or not, but it just it, it fits with the character of, of that Washington organization. What, I know. And, and by the way, Jalen Hurts handled that really well. Yeah, and of say. course, I mean, the one thing that he did today is that he sent a letter to the National Football League and other other places saying, investigate this thing. This was bad. And naturally, it's like... Who, who sent that letter? Uh, Jalen Hurst. He, oh, he did? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he sent, he sent a letter saying, hey... Uh, you better check this out. And, of course, I mean, you know, he's not wanting a cover-up, but it sure looks like the Washington football team wants a cover-up. And, boy, are we surprised about that. Yeah, they're good at that. Hey, yeah. quickly, uh, one more thing on them. What What is they're going to unveil their name, what, February 2nd? Second, or yeah, it's... February 2nd. Any any uh, guesses as to what it's going to be? I keep on hearing, and maybe I'm wrong, Commanders, the Washington Commanders. Yeah, because I'm seeing the candidates are yeah. Armada, the Presidents, which is dumb, Brigade, uh, yeah. the Brigade, Red Hogs, Commanders, Red Wolves, Defenders, 
and football team. Yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be Commanders from what I kept on hearing. Was hearing that at midseason. Commanders. Yeah. That's better than president. The Washington presidents. That would mm-hmm. be lame. Yeah. Hey, John, we were talking about the the Seahawks' performance, and do you discount because of the opponent? How, I mean, is that a big thing for you? I I tend to tend to be like, hey, they're all professional football players. I don't care where they're ranked, mm-hmm. but you do look at, you know, okay, Houston's run defense not good, Detroit's run defense not good. Where are you with that? I I have a tendency to have a lot more respect for for bad teams, losing teams, but maybe it's because I was on so many of them. Yeah, that's true. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I it's mean, true. I, Dave was on a lot of yeah, losing yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you have to consider the uh, you know, the bad football teams and how bad they are and how much they do help you know the, the other teams. I mean, look, look, for example, with the Denver Broncos. Okay, the Broncos opened up with three easy games. You know, I think, what, the Jets and Jacksonville and... Uh, yeah. uh, three easy games. Then they got Houston in the second half of the season, so they were able to win four games You know, with winnable type of games. And you look at the rest of the way that they've played, You because know, everybody says, oh, look how they improved this year. They go from 5-11 and 11 to now they're going to be uh, you know, a seven-win team, 7-10. Seven and 10. But then also think about the fact that in conference play, in the AFC, they're 3-8. and eight. In division play, they're one and four. What does that say? You know, the four winnable games gave them more wins than last year. But again, that's because they were winnable games. Yeah, you know, you're right. They started off with New York, Jacksonville, yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants, Jets, and, and Jags. And then, you know, they they did beat Dallas, you know, as far mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. to your point. But, and they beat the, the Chargers. But, yeah, win 38 to 10, that, that's kind of discouraging, too, cause, you know. Oh, yeah. Denver's not great, but that's almost kind of a the kind of whooping the the Seahawks put on. Yeah, and then of course the I mean, what you're, that's what you're looking at as far as you know, Vic Fangio most likely losing his job next on Monday. You know, mm-hmm. Black Monday coming up, and you know, I think he's going to get fired. You know, there'll be a big change in the coaching staff and everything else. So, uh, you know, because again, you know, they're they're wrapped and they've got fourth place wrapped up in the division. That's not good. They've not made the playoffs in six consecutive years. Fangio has been there three years, no playoff team or anything of that nature, even though he has put together good defense and good defensive stats, and he's got now the best secondary in football. But overall, I think he's been a disappointment. John, you know, it's interesting. Before the the Raiders moved to Las Vegas, we had talked about Vegas being a potential landing spot for pro teams over the years, and everybody's saying, no, they they don't want to expose them to that nightlife and, and what could come with being in Vegas are we seeing some of that with the with the Raiders? We see their rookie cornerback Nate Hobbs was arrested for DUI early Monday morning mm-hmm. after they returned uh, from their game with Indianapolis. Obviously, everybody's aware of Henry Ruggs and and that that you know drunken driving incident that that cost a twenty three year old woman her life. Uh, and then it was about a year ago, Josh Jacobs arrested yeah. on DUI charge out there in Vegas. All these things happening in Vegas is that coincidence or do you think that's a product of being in that environment i think it's a little bit of a product of being that environment because again it's like uh you know you you or you know you go out late and all those different things and i don't know about you know what time nate hobbs because he's been you know one of the better rookies in the league i mean he's done a great job at the cornerback position but the fact that you know he gets arrested on a dui and that's three this year 
And I don't know if you have any other team in football that has had three DUIs in the course of this year. And so that's not good. And I think it has to be a concern. And so it's like, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, the environment is such. And that's what I always wondered about. You know, if you're going to have a team in Vegas, it's like, okay, uh, what can the players do? I mean, do they go to the casinos and things like that? Because, you know, they've never had a mandate that I know of this year where it said they can't go to the casinos. But other than the casinos, what's there? I mean, there's not a lot. He was uh, says he was arrested at 4:09 yeah, a.m. That's and again that that just tells you. I mean, again, that's Vegas. And then you know the tough part about this is that uh, you know say what you want about Vegas and this, uh, this you know, uh, all that, but I mean their uh, their laws are tough. I mean they have tough punishments against DUIs. Very tough. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought that, first of all, that we'd see the NFL kind of get in bed with uh, gambling. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, moving to Vegas, uh, it just it's just interesting with the NFL. Yeah. That was, that was always the thing. When it was at, what was the head security guy's name again? Charlie? Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, he was the one yeah. that would come in and talk about gambling. And if you got Mr. Steele, leave him at home, because that's what he called a gun. Oh, You know, uh, cocaine's a bad lady. She ain't got no legs. <laughs> you know, he'd give you this whole... <laughs> You know, big rundown on the things to avoid. But gambling was always like if you have anybody that's, uh, you know, asking you about a point spread and this Mm -hmm. and that, just get the heck away from them. So, yeah, it's kind of surprising. Hey, John, uh, the 509, J.D. in the 509 wants to know how big of a loss are Jaron Reed, Frank Clark. I'm looking at Jaron Reed. I think he's got a sack and a half. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah, I mean, that was such a weird deal. He's got two and a half sacks. But um, that was a weird deal. And then, you know, Frank Clark, uh, anyway, he wants to know how big a loss that was. It was a loss. There was no doubt about it because, I mean, Frank had such great pass rush ability. Certainly they got, you know, great value in the trade. And that worked That worked well. So that was good. So overall, I mean, again, it's like, uh, you know, and Jaron Reed, it was one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, he didn't like the offer. And so he pulls out of the offer and he takes much less money to go to Kansas City. And so it's like it hurt, no doubt about it. But I think they are still good enough at defensive tackle. Not that they totally covered for him because he's a good player, but I think they did okay in his absence. Yeah, and he he really got his uh, he got his feelings hurt, right? Yeah. I mean, he thought that they were gonna they were gonna restructure him. They were actually gonna cut him a check. Yeah, for, for nine like, million. Yeah, nine million dollars up front. And uh, he wanted a, a restructure. He thought he should be paid more, so he went and took what was it like four million dollars less? In mm-hmm. Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's and again, I mean you know, certainly that wasn't as dumb as say Le'Veon Bell and you know, <laughs> yeah. you know blowing the entire fourteen point five million dollar franchise number. But certainly you can't say it was a smart move to turn down nine million and then ended up taking less with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I, I got to put that one a little bit on the agent, though. I mean, I guess sometimes I, you, I put it on the player. You, you can't you can't talk guys into everything, I guess. But I, the agent, I'm sure, is because of course his money's at stake too, right? Yeah, but of course, I mean, I think the agent, you know, wasn't promoting that idea. It's the same thing as Le'Veon oh, no. Bell. Le'Veon Bell, his agent was saying, "Hey, take the deal. Don't don't uh, mess up this deal." And Le'Veon said, "No, I'm not taking it. I'm not coming in this year." It's like, oh. yeah. Yes. Well, I, I know the agent gets it and he yeah. understands it. I'm just saying that, like, you you got to be able to talk him into it somehow. Sometimes you can be stubborn. Yeah. Uh, Jaron Reed went to Alabama, so I guess he's Alabama Crimson Tide stubborn. Mm. There we go. 
Uh, John, what do you make? Of, I, I thought this was cool. Cooper Cup was asked about some of these receiving records yeah. he's, he's likely to break in the final game of the season, and he felt like he, his quote was, it wouldn't seem right since it's a 17-game season now, and these were established in a 16-game season. And, you know, you can make the same case for any records that were set before 78 when they went to 16 games. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you think the, need, the league needs to develop new standards, or not even really the league, but just how we judge players? We still look at running backs and go, man, he, he rushed for 1,000 yards last year. Well, now that averages out to just over 58 yards a game. There's nothing mm-hmm. miraculous about that. We, we, we need to set new standards, don't we? I guess. I mean, again, you know, it's, it's, it's just progress in the sense that there are 17 games. I know the NFL wants to eventually get to 18 games. I don't think the players will do that. But it's like, uh, I mean, you just got to accept it's like it's a, a new time and a new era. And, you know, you have to reconfigure the numbers to see what works and what doesn't work. John, what do you think about the job Cliff Kingsbury has done uh, down there in Arizona? And with Kyler Murray and everything, we were kind of talking about how his body language sometimes can be a little bit off. But it seems like, you know, I heard the word was, it was almost like that movie uh, with Kevin Costner where the guy had the birthday party and nobody came to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, supposedly there was something like that with Kyler Murray. But, you know, his body language, sometimes he gets snaps at his teammates but it seems like he's making it work down there he is but of course i mean uh, for the another another year i mean they fall apart in the second half of the season and that's something that he's got to resolve because you know he had the three-game losing streak four out of five that they ended up losing you know certainly you know they were in a better spot because they got off to an undefeated season and you know uh so early and then you know are undefeated on the road i mean they're pretty average at home that's the thing that's kind of surprising about them but in, in the end i think that you know he did a good enough job because if he had a bad season this year and didn't make the playoffs there was a chance he was going to lose his job now there's no way he's going to lose his job in fact he's put himself in a good position to get an extension oh that's that's good especially since he lost to bob's favorite team the detroit lions <laughs> oh yeah exactly points i know uh, how about them lions oh my beloved detroit lion i'm a long so you know my detroit roots really showing here john no doubt um <laughs> hey as as far as um other moves, uh, you, we were talking about other names on this this roster, the Seahawks roster, that'll be free agents next year and not named Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. They got a long list of, yeah. of, of soon-to-be free agents. Outside of Quandre Diggs, who is the the must, if you're you're in charge and say, I got to make sure this guy comes back, who is it? Um, or, or maybe there's more than one name. D- I mean, D- you got, DJ Reed. Yep. Yeah, you got to get DJ back. I mean, I think he's he's too valuable at the cornerback position. Uh, you know, we'll see if they can keep, even though again he's under contract. Bobby Wagner, see if that stays. Uh, I think that uh, you know overall, you know they they you know they I don't know. I, I, is Puna Ford up this year? I think that no, no, I don't okay, think he is. yeah. What, so, what what about Gerald Everett and Will Disley? Yeah, They're both free agents. Oh yeah, I think Everett's. They got to find a way to keep him, and then Disley. I think they have to find a way to try to keep him, you know, because again, I think you can see that uh, they they need to tight end, tight end such an important thing, and you know, you get the feeling. And of course, again, the other one's Rashad Penny, and I know that you know that, that's a, a ongoing one. debate uh, here in the show. Uh, but I, I I think right now I don't know what the number can be, but I mean I think it's important that they bring him back. Hmm. Yeah. But, by the at... way, by the way, I I I even uh, just said this on video for seven ten sports.com it's like you know five weeks ago you wouldn't even bet a penny that they'd keep penny oh uh, see what you did there yeah oh man that one almost got past me (laughs) the comedy stylings of john clayton everybody 
Uh, <laughs> all right, Clayton. What kind of uh, – Bob asked you about uh, yeah. what kind of stories you're working on, what's hot in the NFL. How about what's the hot database that you've been working on lately? Uh, I mean, just trying to keep up on the waiver wire, you know, because, again, it's so extensive, you know, because not only do you have to keep up on the waiver wire, but now I, in fact, what I what I have to start doing this week is catch up on all the COVID-19s. And put those all in there, you know, for when they went on the COVID-19 list, when they came back, because the list is so extensive and continues to grow and grow and grow. John, uh, uh, just a quick one on Antonio Brown. They showed him sitting courtside at a Nets game. Uh Um, And and then the word was he hasn't officially been released by the Bucs. Is that them just finding the right... The right, uh, I don't know, the right uh, tag to put on it to make it palatable, or they're not going to have to pay any money, or why? Why isn't that step been taken to this point? I'm surprised because again, it's like you know, once you get to Tuesday and you're still on a roster, you're supposed to get paid. But obviously, with the situation that he has, you know, they probably find a way to get out of paying him because again, you know, quitting on the team in the middle of a game like that is something that you don't see, and it's something that's not inexcusable. So it's like, but uh, you know. Whether uh, at some point he's he's going to be let go. Wait, well, did he stay in New York then? If yeah, he was there, yeah. yeah, he was sitting courtside at a Nets game with yeah, some they wouldn't, dumb, they wouldn't dumb let, sunglasses they, on. Yeah, they wouldn't let him on the charter. Yeah, well, I figured that. Yeah, <laughs> after he did the yeah. striptease act, but but man, yeah, so he's just like, yeah, I'll just hang here for a while, just mm-hmm. hanging out. Yep, yep, he's a quality guy. All right, John, good stuff. We'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up this season was the most important of DK Metcalf's career. We'll explain why next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.